Welcome to World Worth Wandering Conversations. I'm your host, Hilda, and I am so happy you're here. This virtual space is home to unedited conversations around subjects that are near and dear to my heart with people who have cultivated a life around these same areas. We will dive into topics that range from all types of travel and adventure to nature therapy, conservation, and more. My hope is that these conversations will encourage you to live a more purposeful, inspired, and fulfilling life. Let's protect our planet, explore nature, adventure often, love others, and be present. Let's go wander. Welcome back to World Worth Wandering Conversations and welcome if this is your first time here. I'm your host Hilda and today I have Kayla Walton with us. I am so excited to jump into this conversation. Kayla is an outdoor photographer. Um, She is an influencer and she is also an advocate for plus size inclusivity in the outdoor space. So without further ado, let's jump right in. Hello, Kayla. Hi, Hilda. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm not too bad at all. Oh, good. (laughs) I'm so happy that uh, we were able to work this out so quickly. Me too. That's amazing. That's actually never happened to me before. (laughs) Usually I'm like (laughs) booking stuff like way out because schedules don't align. And when we were emailing and you were like, what about tomorrow? I was like, oh my gosh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, me too. So how are you today? I'm pretty good. I just got off work and I'm at home relaxing talking to you. Awesome. Okay, well, I am going to ask you about work, but not yet. I'm first going to ask you the question that I ask everybody when I start this podcast. And let's jump right in. Can you share a pivotal travel experience or highlight you've had that stands out in your mind, in your heart, in your spirit? And why was it so impactful? Can you relive that with us? Yeah, sure. So I recently went on a road trip, actually, in uh, the beginning of September. Mm-hmm. So not too not too long ago. And the road trip was from up here in Yellowknife Northwest Territories all the way to the Yukon, um, Whitehorse, Yukon, and, and some other places around there. And then down in through wow. nor- some places in northern B.C., uh, to a few of my favorite spots in northern BC and then to visit my sister and then back up here. Um, wow. <clears throat> yeah, so it was, it was a really amazing road trip and I did it by myself. Wow. Um, yeah. That's amazing. Was, How long did that take? Uh, I was off for about um, 19 days. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So, what happened? So, most of it was pretty regular. Like I camped along the way in, in a tented camp and then sometimes stayed in a hotel. Um, but for the most part, it was pretty great. Um, when I got to a place called 
Salmon Glacier in British Columbia. Um, first, I got to give a little backstory here about the place. So it's, I went there in August of 2017 and it was amazing and I was up there by myself. But the way to get to this glacier, you have to drive about from the town of Stuart, BC. Mm-hmm. You have to drive about 45 minutes on a very steep gravel kind of dirt road um, that climbs like 5,000 feet into the mountains. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. And then and then once you get to the viewpoint of the glacier, you can uh, camp there, like park your vehicle and, and car camp or, or set up a tent in some spots um, and camp. And when I first went there in 2017, I was up there by myself um, in August. And this year when I went up, there was a, a group of um, I would say overlanders from Europe and, okay. and they were all like the most amazing people and super friendly, like fed me dinner while we were up there just hanging oh out, just watching, watching sunset uh, at the glacier. And, and this glacier is like the fifth largest glacier in Canada, I believe. Wow. And <clears throat> so, yeah, we were all, it was like a group of five or six of us that we all became quick friends while we were up there and it was awesome. And I uh, got to hang out with them and we had a campfire up there and just all chatted, watched the sunset and then watched the moon rise and like light up the giant glacier with the moonlight. And then, wow. and then one of the girls that were there, she played the flute and she's wow. like a, 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 a classical flutist. And so we were having the campfire and she played a few songs on the flute and it was just like it's it was hard to explain it's not like a oh my gosh I I uh conquered like managed to hike this mountain or anything like that it was just like wow something that something, something that will stay with me for a while just meeting people like there was and she was from Germany there was people from Spain the U.S. and then um Switzerland and um yeah it was just an amazing amazing experience meeting some really friendly awesome people and sharing that kind of evening and morning with them wow well I mean I know that you say it's not as like big as conquering a big mountain but the whole time that you were sharing that and as soon as you mentioned the flute my jaw dropped because I was just like imagining what that would feel like and that just sounds like a perfect magical moment like amazing yes yeah I yeah, could see how that would absolutely stand out in your mind yeah it was great because um it was just just especially when you go on solo trips whether it's road trips or, or flying somewhere sometimes the people you meet might be more memorable than the memorable than the, the places you go oh yeah um, so it was nice being by myself and having to push myself a little bit out of my comfort zone and get to know uh, some people while traveling alone. It was cool. That is really cool. That sounds like an amazing road trip, like the destinations themselves, but also that experience. Like who knew that I need to add this to my bucket list now? Like I did not but (laughs) my ever ending growth on this list is just overwhelming sometimes <laughs> I know. It, it, it never it never gets smaller it just keeps never bigger and bigger. ever <laughs> yeah it never gets smaller ever um 
So is camping there different than like, do you need reservations or is it, how does the camping work in Canada? I've never done it. So I would say it all depends on where you go. Right. So like, obviously if you go to a national park, then you, you have to reserve uh, campsites at national parks and then some are first come first serve campsites okay uh, okay and, and it's same, the same thing goes for provincial parks which would be your versions of state parks okay and <clears throat> so some some would be you have to reserve others are first come first serve it just depends on the park okay and then obviously there's sometimes you have to get like backcountry permits if you're going to go hiking in the backcountry and then when it comes to camping in places I guess what I guess it would be called kind of like how you guys have public lands. Okay. Is when you go somewhere that doesn't have, it's not a provincial park or a state park or national park, then you you can really camp wherever you want as long as you follow the rules of not camping too close to water sources and, and things like that. Got it. Okay. So it's pretty similar then. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. So tell me a little bit about about home like what is yellow yellow knife like i know that when i googled it because i did do a little bit of research that it was known as the best place in the world to see the northern lights i would argue i would argue that it absolutely is that well that's what the internet told me so i was like wait really whoa so tell me about it like i read that the population wasn't very big um, no, it's it's pretty. It's relatively small. Okay, so what, what was it like? You didn't grow up there, or you nope, did? No, I, I I didn't grow up here. I BC, grew up right? On, yeah, on Vancouver Island. Okay, okay. How long have you lived in Yellowknife, and what took you there? So about I moved up here in January of 2018. Okay. My parents my parents moved up here about a year or so before I did, okay. and my my dad was like, Hey, Kayla, you should apply to this job and see if you get it. Like just to like work on my career progression and, and things like that and career goals. And so I applied to a, I applied to a job and I wound up getting it and working for a company called Summit Air. They're kind of like a, what I say? They're an airline, but not how you would picture Air Canada, WestJet, uh, United Airlines, that kind of thing. They're they're an airline that mainly flies freight to okay. smaller communities and like uh, people and like mine workers to remote mines that you can't access by roads. Okay, um, thing, things like that. <clears throat> and so I worked for them for about two and a half years and decided or just almost or a little over two years uh, and just before the pandemic happened I left Summit Air and went back to a job on Vancouver Island and was there for about a a year during the pandemic and then I moved back up to Yellowknife because I wound up getting a, a really good job with the city of Yellowknife that I couldn't I couldn't turn down Okay. So I I moved back up here in February of 2021 and so accumulation I'd say like I've been up here for about three and a half years now total. So what do you do now? I am a human resources safety training officer right now with the city of Yellowknife. Okay. And a, a lot of my job is focused on like 
occupational health and safety regulations. So in the U.S., you guys have OSHA, and we have ah okay yeah yeah. So that's that's what I that's what I work with um, to make sure people and uh, our employees are safe and and go home safe. And I help work on our safety programs and safe work practices and procedures and help with uh, workplace incidents and um, return to work things and, and like workers compensation and, and things. That's, wow. that's the, that's the main part of my job. And then right now we're a little bit short staffed. So I have to help out with um, recruitment right now too, as well. So it's, it's real busy right now. It sounds busy. It sounds important too. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. And then in, in, on the side, I'm also a photographer. So even right. extra busy. Yeah. So tell me about that. How did you get into photography? Your work is stunning. I I just want to tell you that. But how did that happen? Have you always been into photography? Did you study it? Self-taught? How did that happen for you? Well, first, I want to say thank you for the compliment. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. um, sometimes I, I feel like maybe I'm too humble at, at times where I still find it weird to call myself a photographer or an influencer, even even though I am. <laughs> so yeah, ra- wrapping my head around that, it's maybe a little bit of imposter syndrome there too. Yeah. But um, so I, I I never really was into photography when I was younger. Like I had, I, I'm not sure how old you are, but I'm 30, mm-hmm. and I had like you know those really fun little digital cameras that are terrible and yeah. took pi- took pictures here and there and stuff like that with friends and and family and stuff but i didn't start to get into photography until my dad handed me down his DSLR in 2012 2013 mm-hmm. and that is when after living in Prince George or on Vancouver Island BC we moved up to Prince George BC which is further north than British Columbia okay and so he handed me down his camera and I was like, oh, cool. Like, we'll see what happens with this and stuff. And I started taking pictures. And, of course, back then they're <laughs> learning learning pictures. And so I would see things that I really wanted to, like, pictures of things that I was like, oh, I really think it would be cool to take a picture like that. Like, how do I do it? Yeah. And so I would, just, I would just Google it and figure out how to take that picture and then go try it for myself. And uh, slowly I, I figured out what all the f-stop meant and shutter speed and iso and and how to and how to use those uh to my advantage when taking pictures and wow style slowly developed over there and 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 photography really got me into the outdoors too which which i appreciate about it okay gosh everything you say leads me right into like the next thing I was wondering (laughs) (laughs) because I was gonna ask you how did you end up getting into the outdoors like have you did you grow up in a home that was very you know outdoor minded or sounds like photography did it for you yeah photography got me more into certain types of outdoor activities I guess you could say but so growing up I, I grew up on a small gulf island off of Vancouver Island and so I was outside with friends all the time whether it was biking to lakes and going swimming and doing this and doing that so like I was I was a pretty active kid outdoors hanging out and then I played sports in high school and 
and hung out with friends like tubing down the river and swimming and stuff but once oh my I gosh, got into how fun it was great it was a good it was it was pretty fun and the my hometown is a great place to grow up when it when it comes to fun outdoor activities because you can really if you wanted to you could go surfing and what it surfing uh, uh snowboarding or skiing and golfing in the same day what <laughs> yeah really if you really wanted to you could yes that's wild yep oh my gosh okay so wait where would you where would you do each of these things so in the Comox Valley, which is where I grew up, there's a mountain called Mount Washington. And in the winter, you can ski and snowboard and, and things like that and go tubing down the tubing park. Okay. And then you, you go down from the mountain and into the valley and you're right on the water. So it's warmer and it doesn't really, doesn't really, it doesn't almost, almost never snows in the Comox Valley. And so okay. you can go the grass stays green and you can go golfing anytime even in the rain if you want and then oh my gosh if it's if it's windy enough out that day you could go surfing too if you really wanted or kite surfing or something like that wow that's amazing yeah yeah wow well I'm not a golfer but the other two sound awesome to do in a day just to say that you did it yeah, that absolutely. would be fun. Yeah. Wow. Okay, that's super cool. Um, yeah. So I noticed in one of your posts that you said that um, it was a photo of, I think they were foxes, I yeah. think. And um, you said something along the lines that you don't do wildlife photography much, but you but you love it. Why yeah. don't you? Because those <laughs> pictures were incredible. Thank you very much. I think I'm like a wildlife photographer um, when the opportunity presents itself, I guess you could say, because I I know a lot of like dedicated wildlife photographers and they're amazing at their craft. And it takes a lot of time to like sit in one place and wait for an animal to come by and stuff. (laughs) And, And sometimes I, sometimes I might have the time to do that, but a lot of the times I don't. So if Got it. I'm if I'm somewhere and there's an animal and I'm like, wow, perfect. This is great. I've just lucked out. Um, yeah. Then I'll absolutely take a picture like that. But maybe on vacations and stuff, I would have have time to do that. But to be a dedicated wildlife photographer, you've you've really got to. Yeah. Patience. Yeah, it definitely is more time consuming. That's for sure. It's different than just a hiking up a mountain and taking pictures of the view or um, or somebody in the view like this a hundred percent depends on if the animals are going to show up yeah and sometimes they don't and you're just right because when I went to uh, on my road trip I went to um, a place so to get to this glacier you have to cross into the U.S. uh, like cross the border and then you end up crossing back into a the Canadian border and, and into BC to get to that glacier and so when you cross the border you end up going to Hyder Alaska and okay. there's a national forest there called I'm pretty sure it's pronounced Tongass National Forest and there is a place called the Fish Creek, Fish Creek Wildlife Observatory and every year when the salmon run there could be grizzlies there black bears and everything like that 
and I spent like half a day there waiting to see a grizzly and every time I left and came back to like say go get food or something people were like oh you just missed the grizzly bear and I was Stop. like are you kidding me oh my god <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. terrible yeah I was like I'd rather you just not told me that <laughs> seriously oh no yeah. yeah oh no that's terrible Ugh. yeah so sometimes it just it just chalks up to being unlucky and in the wrong place at the wrong time or maybe in the right place at the right time right yeah there's that too for sure so okay I want to talk about Yellowknife a little bit more sure yeah because when I started looking up photos of it it really looks amazing and it looks like it's surrounded by like there's water but it looks like there's almost like a ton of little islands or like and then, of course, it's, like, the best place in the world to see the northern lights. And, like, what – do you love it there? Like, tell me about it. I I really do like it here. It's beautiful. Um, but I do – like, I do miss the mountains and stuff because there's no mountains here. Okay. But, but um, because – I don't know if you're into geology and, and anybody who's listening is into geology, but because of how – our like plates and everything we're part of like the the Laurentian plateau and so okay. because of that there's mostly rocks here and smaller trees like the uh, boreal forest um, okay and so there's lots of rocks and lots of lakes but not really mountains not Got until it. you get closer to western northwest territories which borders with the Yukon and then there's mountains there okay but so it's like lots of lakes the fishing up here is amazing if if you're a fishing person Okay. The northern light the northern lights are great up here because it's it's a drier kind of climate. It doesn't rain a lot here, so that means okay. there's not a lot of no clouds. Lot of clouds. Yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> so you'd have a lot better of a chance to see the northern lights here versus Iceland, right? Yeah, that makes sense. And there's more sky and in the winter the it gets very cold here so and cold and dry and so when it gets really cold it's clear all the time pretty much and so you could go out every day of the week if it's clear and see the northern lights now depending depending on the strength of the northern lights and what the sun is doing some nights might not be as bright as others yeah but some nights might be crazy bright and with you like i've seen some shows where you could see pink and purple and green what? all dancing around in the sky and it's, what it's unreal yeah oh my gosh okay because i have been i've i've been spending a decent amount of time over the past two months trying to find a place to take my dad to see the northern lights i was fortunate enough to see them in iceland many many years ago yeah. um, but it's like on his bucket list to see the northern lights and I know that they're not guaranteed. Um, I know that, like, I was in Iceland for two weeks, and we only saw them two of those days. So wow. yeah. because of because of the weather, you know, it was, like, yeah. really cloudy and snowing and raining, and the weather was crazy. It was an amazing trip. Still one of my favorite places in the world. But um, as far – but I wasn't just going to see the Northern Lights. So, yeah. like, to me – but this, like – I'm specifically looking for a place to see, to take my dad to see the Northern Lights. So I'm like, okay, I need something that's like, of course, it's not a sure bet, but close. Yeah. And 
I think I'm gonna take him to Yellowknife. Like honestly, you you seems should like and the, the best to go. The best time, in my opinion, would be March. Really? Yes. Okay. Okay. We for, were looking at February. Yeah, February okay. is not bad. February is not bad. I would I would suggest towards the end of February because February is sometimes it can be one of the coldest months of the year, uh, as ah. well as January and March starts to get warmer. And by coldest, I mean, like, February, we had days where it was colder than minus 40 Fahrenheit. Oh, my gosh. That sounds painful. (laughs) It can be, for sure. But the the one thing that's nice about March is so, because it's so cold here, we build ice roads on the lakes. Okay. And so then you can go driving on the lakes to either your cabin or there's the ice road called the Tibet to Contoido Ice Road. And if you've ever seen Ice Road Truckers, that road is part of the show. And so people drive semi-trucks, like the the B-train semi-trucks on it, and they take stuff up to the mines. And so March March is a great time to come because those ice roads uh, start, because it's slowly starting to warm up. The ice roads, uh, the snow covering the the road that's been, the part of the road that's been plowed starts to melt on the top and then it's just like blue blue oh ice gosh. and it look it's what? so stunning yeah oh my yeah. gosh okay oh man oh okay uh, okay i might have to I, switch to much i have pictures on my instagram of what that blue ice looks like from a drone where like i'm laying on the ice and it's just it looks amazing it's so i saw that was it did it have like cracks in it it looks like cracks yes i i know exactly which photo you're talking about that's kind of terrifying i'm not gonna lie (laughs) but you gotta think that this ice is over four feet thick and if semis can drive on it we can lay on it (laughs) that's yeah that's true i know after you said the whole ice road trucker thing i was like Oh, okay. Well, if they can yeah. do it, my little rental car that I get will be able to do it. Absolutely. Um, okay. So, change of plans. I'm not taking him to Iceland after all. Taking him to Yellowknife. <laughs> Got it. Um, so, waterfalls. Your profile says you love the Northern Lights and you love waterfalls. Tell me about waterfalls yeah. in your area. Um, I'm a waterfall not- chaser too. The sad, the very sad thing is there's not very many waterfalls around here. Um, yeah. Especially ones that are accessible. Um, oh. So there's two kind of a semi-waterfall, like kind of cascading waterfall type things here. One's called Cameron Falls and then the other one's called the Cameron River Ramparts. And then it's closed right now, but there's a place in Wati, Northwest Territories, that's called Wati Falls. And it's closed right now due to them having to do construction to make it safer when you go into the waterfall to access it. But that waterfall is beautiful. It's double, double, double drop waterfall. And um, it's just in the middle of nowhere and, and surrounded by pretty trees and, and pretty colored mm. water. Like it's kind of a, like aquamarine bluey mm. water as well. And then, a few a couple waterfalls that are also really big and really neat that are further south from where I am about you'd have to drive about six hours to get to them one's called Alexandra Falls and the other is called Louise Falls and those are kind of like chocolate milk waterfalls because of the way Whoa. the silt is it's, the way the color of the silt is in the water uh 
in the waterfalls and everything. And so that river runs kind of like looking like a chocolate milk type of color. Whoa. But one of the one of the waterfalls is a hundred feet tall and the other one it's really wow. weird. It looks it looks like someone like cut a piece of cake. Like you just like cut the cut the ground and like the and a waterfall is going over it now. It's very it's like super flat at the top and then like cut straight down. Like it's very it's a very weird looking waterfall. Cool. Yeah. I'm gonna have to Google yeah. that. Yeah. And I don't know I don't know what it is about waterfalls. I just love them. They're so cool. They're I fun to photograph. It. Yep, I get it. I totally the, get it. The sound of water huh, just can't be beat. I totally agree. I'm totally a waterfall chaser too. I get it. You don't even need to explain. Perfect. So so how do you with the full-time job, how do you prioritize time in the outdoors? Uh usually it's um vacations or um like we weekend warrior type stuff or yep. after work after work warrior type stuff depending on the time of year because summer up here it's just like Iceland it's pretty much like twenty four hours of sunlight yeah um so you have lots of time after work to go do stuff but then the vice versa happens in the winter when the sun rises at ten a.m. and it sets at three p.m. and so you're off work in the dark and start work in the dark and oh wow the only, the only time you get to see this see and be out in the sun is on the weekends mm-hmm. and then add into the add the cold factor in and sometimes you don't even want to go outside and so the one the one nice thing about the winters up here is the northern lights do help make up for that because I like going out and photographing them and so that gets me outside yeah a lot in the winter and I did have a snowmobile during in the winter but I, I don't have it anymore and that was fun that would be yeah yeah and then in in the summertime I just like going on hikes and vacations and like my three-week vacation was really awesome and it helped um helped uh reset everything and and all that stuff so yeah I, I just like to go out after work and on weekends when I'm when I'm up here yeah so you just make it happen yeah I do my best yeah, you don't make excuses, you make it happen. A lot of people like to make excuses. Yeah, they say they don't have enough time or this or that. And then sometimes it's hard, it's nice to have a weekend in and stuff. And then other times they're like, yeah, no, I want to go hang out with friends and have a bonfire outside under the northern lights or do this or go hike to a waterfall or just or just go hang out and sit outside and read a book. Yep, I get it. Yeah, totally. So... Let's talk about Fat Wonder Babe. All right. How did that get started? So I started that when did I, I started that I believe in November 2019 just before the pandemic started. I started that page and I have I have a lot of really awesome friends that I met in real life from Instagram and some really awesome internet friends that I haven't met in real life yet and I <laughs> had talked to them and I was like, you know guys, what if I start like an Instagram page that does what fat wander babes does and and it's that reposts um other people's uh photos that they post on instagram that happen to be plus size or fat however you decide to identify yourself as and because because one of the main reasons is because we don't see that very much we don't yep on social media at all and or even big reposting platforms and and even tourism boards and uh companies that even do carry plus size clothes we rarely see plus size folks 
on their social media campaigns or or even just right. reposting things like right. that. So I wanted I wanted to create a space where people could be highlighted doing the things that they love outdoors, whether it was traveling or hiking or biking or climbing. That's that's why I started, and it it grew pretty quick, and um, it's I'm still it's still growing and people are still finding it. And I'm so happy when people find it and tell me like, this is awesome. I love this page. Like, I'm so glad you started it. Yes, it is awesome. I do love your page. Um, I, I would agree. It is um, an area in, in the outdoor industry or in the travel industry too. That's like yeah. lacking severely. And yep. I know that um, people talk a lot about inclusivity and I'm huge on including everybody. Um, but I feel like, and I could be wrong, but I feel like it pertains more to like race and sexuality and not so much body types. When all should be equally important to be truly inclusive. Yeah, I could, you could say that too, for sure. And, and while race and, and uh, sexuality and in the LGBTQ plus community, it's important for them to feel included because they they weren't in the outdoors as well and still aren't in some aspects. And I think part of the conversation, a lot of people do forget about, about the fat or plus size community because like we don't hardly have clothes for us to even go outside to Mm. do things safely. Things are slowly starting to get better, but it's still, there's still a lot of work to be done. Yeah. And, And that's another reason why I started fat water babes too, is to highlight, um, that and continue and, and that's one of the things I, I talk about often is plus size clothes and, and going up to 3x for companies is, is not good enough frankly um, yeah and I, I will continue to say that there are some companies that go up to 4x mm-hmm. and and some smaller businesses that go up to 6x in certain clothes but um, there yeah 3x is not inclusive because there's plenty of people that are larger than 3x that can't get access to safe safe clothes and when when you have to choose between being safe or being dry or being warm and not be able to choose all above or comfortable um some people might choose comfortable over being dry or warm right and so you you want to be able to choose all of those without having to compromise right And, and a lot of people unfortunately have to to do to do things outdoors and and the things that they like whether it's kayaking or or hiking or camping or any of the outdoor activities. Wow. I never even thought about the safety issue of clothing size. Like that's serious. It totally is. Like if you're outside hiking and it rains, you're going to, if any don't have a proper fitting rain jacket, you're going to get soaked and you have the chance of getting hypoth. Right. 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 I did. I, like, I honestly never even thought about that ever and see this is why conversations like this are so important to have absolutely and it's understandable that people don't think about think of that it's not something that comes to the forefront of your mind you think just like well people just want clothes to be able to go do things outside and and you're like but and then there's also that safety factor right like if if I didn't have clothes that fit me well enough and luckily I I have found some to go yeah. outside and take pictures of the northern lights in minus 40 um i would freeze to death <laughs> i'd get right free. like so uh, safety is totally important and when you have to when you can't 
choose all of the above and you have to pick it's unfortunate and that's when accidents accidents and and search and rescue stuff may may end up happening too right and you're right it's not if if safe clothing isn't available for all sizes it is not inclusive no so that is that's a really good and valid point wow thank you for bringing that to my awareness no problem. It's uh, yeah. It's it's good for everybody to be aware because, and like, and I think it's a good a good point to bring up to people is like, let's just forget about everything else about uh, having the right kind of clothing and the nice colors and plus sizes instead of just black. It's um, a, like a big safety issue, and I, I know a lot of my friends have also talked about that when when they're going hiking, and I have some plus size folks that are amazing mountaineers and they like do glacier climbs and and things like that and it is very hard for them to even find well-fitting safe-fitting um harnesses Mm. yeah Uh, yeah i have i have um i have family members that are that are plus size and it, it has been hard to be in the outdoors with them and have them told that they can't participate in certain activities because sizes don't run that yeah. large or whatever. And it's, it's heartbreaking and it's not inclusive. Absolutely yeah. not inclusive. So yeah, I think this is really important things thing to talk about is, and I, I, you're inspiring me actually to, to write a blog post, to put in the work and research good, safe, clothing and gear for plus size folks and do a whole blog post on it. So thank you for inspiring me to do that because I feel like that would be really helpful. You're welcome. And I think another thing um, on the, on the same vein of it is straight size folks when they have plus size friends, if they're wanting to do certain activities, um, if they instead do the labor of finding out, does this, outfitter have actual proper plus size harnesses or do they have a weight limit on things or this or that so you can figure that out before you even try and get your friend to say hey like you want to come to do this right instead of them being like oh I probably wouldn't even be able to go and then and then they have to do the emotional and research labor of that and then feel upset about it right and because like if you're going on a on a kayaking tour do the kayaks will the kayaks fit or do you have do you have open open kayaks instead of like the closed in ones or if you're going to go zip lining is there a weight limit on zip lining right horseback riding i know has a weight limit um yeah Yeah. this is all this is all good good stuff to consider and to keep in mind um what is your hope for fat wander babes like do you what where where would you want to see that go um, I would really love to be able to one day host some some kind of tra- like even if it's just once a year like a a plus size travel type of thing or or meetups every now and then and I haven't haven't been able to because of COVID it's been yeah because I started it just a few months before COVID so I was like oh it's why not and then the hard thing is I live so far away yeah um, in a in a small town so there's not many people here who follow it and, and most people follow it 
around Canada and the U.S. and, and some other countries and things like that. So I would like to continue, of course, to repost people's photos and then and then have um, whether it's plus size uh, travel where you can come up and a group of people comes up and sees the northern lights or if we go on like a camping trip or a hiking trip or yeah or something like that um that that's the that's the goal and I don't know when I'll be able to figure that out I might have to get help from some other folks but that's that's one of the end goals there well if you need help I would love to help you because that's literally what I do is travel planning <laughs> Perfect. so so you're in luck. No, it, honestly, like, don't ever hesitate to pick my brain. I would be more than happy to help you. Amazing. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So uh, tips. Can you share a few outdoor tips with us? I know you spend a lot of time outdoors. It could be a photography tip. It could be uh, a safety tip. It could be, can you share a couple of tips with our listeners? All right, all right. Let's see here. So photography tip is, um, in my opinion, the best time to take photos are sunrise and sunset, golden hours, and even blue hours. So that's like an hour before sunset and around an hour, an hour and a half after sunset. Um, That's when you get the perfect light, um, the soft light for photos Mm -hmm. Um, instead of the harsh midday sun that creates harsh shadows and harsh light. And then for safety let's see i always bring bear spray yeah whenever you're out out in the middle of nowhere and then and one tip is if you're afraid to do something because you aren't sure if you can do it just try or because there might be some people that uh, have already done it and you haven't seen them but um if you don't if you want to try mountain climbing give it a go if you want to try um rock climbing give it a go and don't be afraid to push yourself out of your comfort zone and, and don't ever think that just because you're a certain size or a certain weight that you can't start something because that means you might not get to do the things that you really are interested in and find some passions that you have I love that I feel like that's the that's the biggest tip that that I frequently hear is just try it, just try it. And I think it's because we've all been there where we're hesitant to try something and we do it. And we are so glad that we did. Yeah. So I I just imagine life without having tried certain things in my life. And I'm like, gosh, can you you imagine if I wouldn't have ever tried that? So I Mm -hmm. think you're right. I think just... Just yeah. trying it. And and like the biggest thing is, is if it, if it's new and you've not don't be afraid or worried that you're gonna suck at it because nobody's perfect right off the bat. It takes time. Right. I know. That's how I um I've always wanted to play the piano and I have put it off my whole life. And then um finally now as a full grown adult, uh several months ago I decided that I was gonna start learning to play the piano. I hired a music teacher. And I'm most are like children, and I'm like one of a handful of grown ups, but <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm doing it. 
That's and awesome. I'm so glad that I, I was so hesitant for years, Kayla. I was hesitant because I was like, I'm too old now. Like, everybody's a kid. This is embarrassing. I should have done this 20 years ago. But yeah, you know what? You're never too old. You're never too big. You're never too anything to yep. try something for the first time. Yep, exactly. Exactly. So thank you for that. So, well... Where can our listeners find you? Uh, so you can find me on Instagram at uh, Kayla Walton. It's spelled K-A-I-L-A-W-A-L-T-O-N. Uh, TikTok is pretty much the same thing, just with an underscore um, between my first and last name. And then I have a website, uh, KaylaWalton.com. And, and I'm on Twitter, too, but I don't really use Twitter very often for photography stuff so you'll find me the most on instagram okay and then do you also run the fat wander babes account yeah and that's at fat wander babes and um if ever you needed to get in touch with me about fat wander babe stuff i there's also an email button that you can press um and that's that's exclusively only on on instagram maybe i'll have a website one day but no website for that yet Okay, cool. Well, thank you so much, Kayla, for for joining me today and sharing about everything that you're up to and um, diving a little bit deeper onto more serious issues about clothing that I and probably a lot of people didn't even know existed. So thank you so much for just being so open and honest and, and raw. You're very welcome. I appreciate uh, you asking me to be on here. It's very, very fun. And um, I'm glad I uh, maybe uh, had you learn some a couple new things. Oh, absolutely. And like I said, you inspired me to like put in the work and hopefully come up and with a blog post about safe clothing. So so thank yeah. you for that inspiration, too. You're welcome. And if you need any if you have any questions about that, feel free to get at me. I will. Well, thank you, Kayla. Have a wonderful day. And if I make it to Yellowknife with my dad, I'll be reaching out. Perfect. I would love to take you guys out on the ice road or something like that. Just let me know. And uh, you also have a wonderful rest of your evening. Thanks, Kayla. Bye. Bye. Wow, that was such an eye-opening conversation. Um, I'm so thankful that Kayla took the time to chat with us today and to bring things to our awareness, uh, struggles that we may not have even realized existed um, prior to this conversation. Um, I know that I personally, it never even crossed my mind about size and safety. Um, in regards to clothing so so that's huge and i'm just so thankful for these opportunities to speak with so many different people uh, on different walks experiencing life differently and just able to connect us all to to see things through a new lens um i do hope that you go check out her pages i'll be sure to link everything in the show notes and remember that if you enjoyed this podcast please head over, rate it, review it, um, turn on the notifications and share it, share it with somebody who you think might also get value out of it. Stay safe out there and keep wandering. Mm -hmm.